The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect. With many teams strutting their stuff, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantages of all great sign-up bonuses. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Neil the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Oh, he backed it in. He backed it in. And the game is tied. We're going to overtime. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh. assists. For oh, 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 oh the chicken. Double time. Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, 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 no. oh no! Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor on the deep phone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Born Ready to Pod Podcast. This is the third episode time we've started the podcast out here today uh the podcast just crashed on us a few minutes ago after we recorded about 10 minutes of uh around the association which we're starting off here with uh with that here to start this show uh chris cook eric hawk jake jake light you know everybody on here um anyways let's go ahead and start around the association i'm not going to make hawk do that again because uh, it takes a lot out of him to do it once, so I'm not going to make him do it again. Anyways, I'm not going to read everything here that I read last time, but the big news, Houston Rockets, James Harden pairing, not working out. He spoke recently as of last week, said he wanted to stay. Uh, that's obviously things have changed. He wants to leave Houston now, and he prefers to go to Brooklyn to team up with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Um, he also got offered a two-year extension worth $103 million dollars. Uh, which would have been over $50 million a year. He passed on that. Rockets would prefer to repair the la- relationship with Harden, um, and they're appearing to take their time with it rather than rush to a deal at this point in time. So what do you guys think the Rockets should do? Let that fucker go. I mean, come <laughs> on. This guy's a whiny bitch. We know. <laughs> this is what we said earlier. I mean, if I'm the GM of the Rockets, I'm absolutely elated that he wants out. See what I can get. Damn right, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to try to get the number one overall pick in the draft. I'm going to do whatever I can to just get you know the best return on investment for James Harden, a former MVP of the league. And I, I really don't think you can win with them. And I think in Brooklyn with those three big personalities, it would be it would be fun, be scary at times as a Pacers fan. But I think inevitably it'd fall apart. So, I mean, if I'm the GM of the Rockets, I'm excited. Like I said, for the third time, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go right along with Hawk here. I'm going to agree just like I agreed earlier. I think uh, if you know, you're know you the new GM of the Rockets, you're handed 
you you're really handed a, a a really piece of shit team. I mean, you really have you you don't have you literally don't have a guy on your roster. I, I don't think over like six seven. I mean, you built everything around James Harden's whiny ass. I mean, um, I, I I just think that the, that the Rockets need to go out. I, it sounds like Russell Westbrook, like Victor Oladipo, if you believe what Win Horse is saying, he has no trade value. Um, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna flip those guys for picks. I'm gonna restart. I mean, um, you're not winning a championship with James Harden. I mean, that's proven. Um, he's like the guy at the uh, the YMCA league that just dominates everybody. Uh, this doesn't sound as good the second time, but he's like he's like the dude that just dominates everybody, and he's a one man show. And then all of a sudden, the there's a badass that comes in and just says, "I'm going to shut this guy down." And he's just a little punk ass bitch that can't get it done when it matters the most. So, trade his ass. I don't care if I'm if I am the new GM for the Rockets. I trade him wherever the hell I want. I'm going to get the best return I can. Give me picks. Give me anything. I don't care if he wants to go to Brooklyn whatever i wouldn't take Kyrie irving for him because he's a whiny bitch too like just get as many assets for me as possible let me start wheeling and dealing and i'm going to be able to get people to houston it's a beautiful city they always get free agents so trade his ass and and move on kind of like what we're doing with this topic right here let's just move on all right well also on the houston rockets front Obviously, that's their biggest headline, but late Monday night, they did make a deal, a small deal uh, with the Portland Trailblazers. They sent Robert Covington um, to the Trailblazers for Trevor Ariza, uh, who used to play on the Rockets, and a first-round pick this year, and a future first-round pick. So they pocketed two first-round picks um, and a decent veteran for Robert Covington. So I feel like both sides win by this deal. Um, Not going to ask your guys' analysis on it, but just did want to hit on it. Um, so yeah, that's it on that one. But anyways, let's move on. Next topic here, topic that we actually haven't discussed yet tonight, at least one time. Let's go. Uh, 35-year-old Chris Paul was traded to the Phoenix Suns from the OKC Thunder on Monday in exchange for Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, and Jalen Lekay. What's his name? Jalen Lacroix. Lacroix, and I did see, I did look it up. He's American, so I don't know. I don't know what the pronunciation is. Um, and they also received a 2022 first-round draft pick. Paul will play for his fourth team in the last five seasons and team up with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton to build off an incredible 8-0 bubble championship won by the Suns a few months ago. Who won the deal? Yeah, I think. Chris Paul's kind of the opposite of James Harden. You know, he went to Oklahoma City. He couldn't have been happy about it, but, you know, no one really heard much from him. And, you know, he went to work, and that Oklahoma City team was pretty damn good, you know, by the end of the year, by the end of before the quarantine. So I give him a lot of credit. And I think if you get a veteran like that with the Suns who are young, hungry, seem to be well coached, I think that helps the Suns more than anything. Now, I mean, they gave away some young guys, some, some picks, whatever. So. We'll see down the road, but for the for the next year, there's no doubt. I think the Suns are going to be four or five in the West, better than they've been in forever. Um, I think uh, I really like what the uh, the Thunder got out of it. Honestly, I like Kelly Oubre, um, and you know Ricky Rubio is serviceable. I think at this point that contract obviously sucks. I mean, we knew. I mean, there was a reason we were celebrating so hardcore when the Pacers didn't sign him. I mean. Um, but I, I like what they got back for Chris Paul. You got to remember, last year you couldn't trade Chris Paul for anybody. You had to trade Chris Paul for, 
like Russell Westbrook, and no one wanted Westbrook either. So it kind of gives me hope that, you know, if we have to sit on Oladipo for like another year or whatever it is, maybe we can get some trade value for him later on. But um, I think for I think it's big for Devin Booker, but I think it's even bigger for DeAndre Ayton, kind of getting a point guard that can kind of facilitate in front of him and, and get him the ball in, in ideal situations. Um, it's just hard for me. I, I just don't – I think – I like – Hawk, you said uh, commend Chris Paul for going to a situation that looks kind of bleak, and he, you know, got him to the playoffs. Like that's awesome. Uh, but at the end of the day, I just you this is a eh move because the Suns aren't winning shit. They're not getting out of the West. They're not one of the you know even if they get to the five seed in the West. Like, would you rather have their roster or Portland's roster? Portland's. Yeah, I mean, and Portland ain't winning jack shit. So like, what are you know? And so I think it'll be fun to watch them play. I think they're going to be a very fun team to root for the over on, like not on a nightly basis. But I don't know. I think it's kind of a blah move. I, I like what you know what the Thunder flipped a thirty-five year old point guard into that clearly wasn't going to help them win a championship. Yeah, this this is one of those years where there there's not a lot of big free agents, or at least years in the past. I made this point earlier on one of the first recordings. So you're going to see a lot of these trades. You're going to see a lot of teams trying to get better veteran, maybe have to give up a little more just because they can't go out and just sign a guy that maybe they would do in a normal year. So it's a more interesting year than it's ever been, I think, in that in that respect. Um, yeah, I, I would say Western Conference, I think you're overrating them a little bit. I got the Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, uh, Mavericks ahead of them as well. Who's the other teams? Portland. I Portland I have ahead of them. The I have the Warriors ahead of them. The um, and then yeah, I would put the Jazz ahead of them. And you're, you, I mean, what about what? Ab- gonna be, I think they're going to be better overall, even though even though in the bubble they didn't lose a game, so it's hard to make that argument. I'm just a team like Chris Paul. It helps them tremendously. What about your Pelicans too? I mean. Who's better? No, the Pelicans ain't shit. They got nobody on their team I'd go for. They just traded their best player. True. All right, uh, last note here on the Milwaukee Bucks. They made a flurry of deals late Monday night while everybody was sleeping to help improve their roster. They acquired Drew Holiday from the New Orleans Pelicans in exchange for Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and three first-round draft picks. The trade also included a pair of pick swaps for the Pelicans. In the second deal, the Bucks acquired Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Sacramento Kings in exchange for Dante DiVincenzo, DJ Wilson, and Ersan Ilyasova. Do you think the moves that the Bucks made on Monday night were a significant upgrade for them going into next season? Mm-hmm. Jake, you take this one to start because I, I still don't really know. Um, I would say uh, t- to me, yes, they are significant. It's a significant upgrade. I think Drew Holiday is a, is a winning basketball player. Um, I don't think Eric Bledsoe is. I honestly think Eric Bledsoe is kind of a um, – he's that guy like like bad teams sign him because you're like, hey, look, we got Eric Bledsoe. He can score, but really they're just like, yeah, we can still tank with him. Like he's a good – he can be the best player – on a tanking team, just and, and then then you trade him to a playoff team that uses him as like the sixth man. Um, but like I think it, when you start talking, think about the way they just set this team up. You got Drew Holiday, um, 
Chris Middleton and obviously Giannis. Like that's that's a nasty defensive lineup. I mean, and they can really they're very dynamic offensively. Uh, Drew Holiday can get his own shot. Giannis could obviously get his own shot, and Chris Middleton uh, plays off perfectly with those guys. And Bogdanovich is a player that can really uh, can really stretch out the floor as well. I think it makes a lot of sense. I I hate that they had to give up White Dante, but um, that I mean I think that they got better, and I I think they got marketably better. I think Drew Holiday is going to do a lot for Giannis, and um, I think it, I honestly think it's enough to kind of kind of put them in a position to where they're maybe a move or two away from really being able to compete with those top teams in the West. Yeah, you, the GM of the the Bucks had had one job, and that was to keep Giannis happy. And he put his nuts on the table, and he did it. I mean, if the worst, if the best player you got rid of is Dante Divincenzo, I mean, you did a hell of a deal. But those picks are going to come back to haunt him, especially if Giannis leaves and you know after next year, which I don't think he will. But you just never know. So for next year, there's no doubt that they're going to be a better team, and they're going to be a scary team, and they're in our conference, so that's going to suck ass. But you know, the the GM for the Bucks, he he put his nuts on the table, and he did kind of the opposite of what you know happened with Cleveland and LeBron, where you know they kind of just sat around and and gave him some shittier, less shitty guys to make a finals with. You know, this GM is it seems like he's actually trying to keep him happy and, and build something. So we'll see. They'll be they'll be the number one seed again, without a doubt, in my mind. So what do you think about? I mean, from the Pelicans' perspective. I mean, they got three first-round picks, and they can also swap picks, uh, two pair, a pair of pick swaps actually, so they can swap picks twice. I mean, and and they also picked up. I mean, Eric Bledsoe. I mean, he's not a game changer. George Hill, who's a you know solid bench player to have on your roster, a good veteran. So I mean, they got a pretty good haul out of Holiday, who's thirty years old, and I wouldn't call him a superstar, but he's definitely an all-star player. Yeah, there's no doubt, and that's what I'm saying. It, we'll just have to wait and see. I think with Budenholzer's system, especially, you know, the, some of those guys they lost kind of fit that system well. But these guys seem to be more athletic, and I think the floor spacing will be better. And that's what Budenholzer's all about. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that the Pelicans. It makes sense why they're doing this deal. I mean, the players. I mean. Yak, yak, yak. It doesn't really matter who it is. Bledsoe will be fine. I mean, I think he's going to take some shots away from Zion, which you're not going to want. But I think ultimately their best play is compete and then trade Bledsoe to a team that needs some bench help. Or, you know you know what I mean? Just trade another piece out of it. I think it's all about the picks for them. They're, they are officially praying to God Giannis leaves. Because if Giannis leaves, that's like – five years worth of picks that are super duper fucking great. And so, I mean, I think for the Pelicans, it makes a ton of sense. And even if Giannis does say you're getting five first round picks, um, although, I mean, if he does stay, I mean, you're kind of in a situation, look what Boston's up to now. They got like four first round picks this year. They don't have four roster spots available and they're trying to trade all these picks and everyone's looking at them. Like, I remember when everyone's like, Oh my God, Boston's getting all these first round picks. This is awesome. They're not turning them into players. So, Ultimately, they're just assets right now. Uh, if Giannis stays, you try to trade those things a lot quicker than what Boston's trying to do with them. And um, I get the deal. I, I think it makes sense. I, I think Zion, it's got to be Zion's team now. And uh, I don't know. I think we'll see. I don't think Eric Bledsoe's the answer at guard. So that's just me. No. 
Okay, so now this part of the show, we're going to move on to some Pacers discussion. Uh, obviously, we started the show with Around the Association, uh, kind of flipping things here today, but uh, a lot of topics in the NBA, so wanted to start off, off with those, but obviously got some Pacers talk here. So uh, first off, over the past week, the Pacers finalized their assistant coaching staff to surround an Surround and now surround around. Jeez, try to say that three times. New head coach Nate Bjorkgren. They retained Bill Baino, uh, who's been an assistant with the team since 2016. They added Caleb Canales. I did I say that right? I don't know if I pronounced his name right. Uh, he was previously with the Knicks. Greg Foster, not Jeff Foster. Uh, Greg is a former NBA center, previously coached with the Hawks. Um, and they also made a surprise move on Monday by hiring Calbert Chaney to the staff. Chaney, as everybody well knows, was born and raised in Indiana, uh, was a standout player at IU, and played a 13-year NBA career, or had a 13-year NBA career. So um, not really any big names on that coaching staff, but I guess I, I do like to see the fact that, you know, there's a lot of turnover and there's a lot of change that we can expect. Yeah, it'll be. We still got Baino there, so we'll have the awkward interview that, that everyone loves. But you know, we'll see how these these new guys are. Obviously, we don't have Dan Burke like we talked about in our old you know episode. I don't know if he got a job somewhere else. I believe he did, didn't he? Uh, him and Popeye both got hired in Philly. Okay, yeah, that's right in Philadelphia. So, well, it'll be interesting to see. And it looks like Bjorken's going to have you know a whole new you know voice in that locker room, kind of what we've always been wanting. So. Hopefully we, we can make some actual moves instead of just sitting on our ass like we've been doing so far and, and get a little better. But I'm excited for, for White Nate's new team, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I, I think we just needed we needed the we needed the breath of fresh air. Hopefully they, they get something going. But it, it, the only thing that matters, uh, you know, you, you want to have a good staff, but we got to get we got to get a better a foundation in place and. And I'm really hoping they're – I know we're going to talk about some possible moves down the road, but I really hope that they're focused on on getting players in there that fit their system. The number one thing, you know, when, when we got a new staff, that staff has to know exactly what they want in players because it, it doesn't take any idiot to say, oh, my God, LeBron James is good. I wish he was on the Pacers. Well, no shit, Sherlock. But it takes, it takes the team – um, to be able to, to specifically find guys that fit their system in order to really make them to make them grow. Like for instance, uh, we just talked about Houston earlier. Finding a guy like PJ Tucker that can play tough and and can rebound the basketball at six seven and spread the floor and shoot the corner three. Like in any other system, PJ Tucker's dog shit. Like he's not a good player, but for that system, he's perfect. So it's about knowing what system you want in place, and now it's about the Pacers going out and finding guys that fit that system, not superstars that fit that system, because that's going to have to come organically through the draft. But finding guys, little guys, if it's like a Jakar Sampson that fit in so well with Nate, like it's those tiny small moves that could turn into big moves later. And so I just hope that they're having those conversations. I'm sure they are. They're an NBA freaking team, but I just hope that. Pritchard is is really listening to those guys and really kind of molding the draft and the offseason around finding the guys that fit the system to maximize uh, every you know every roster spot on the team. All right, uh, pretty big topic point here. So uh, I know we all have some thoughts on this. Victor Oladipo, uh, you know, bunch of news coming out 
from him over the last few months. This is kind of just the icing on the cake, though, in the past week. Um, recently, it was reported through the Indy Star that last year, on several different occasions, Oladipo would approach opposing players after the game and ask, Can I come play with y'all? <laughs> Some teams mentioned in the report include the Miami Heat, Toronto Raptors, and the New York Knicks out of all teams. Um, There's said to be uh, other teams that were included, uh, but they didn't want to mention them because they couldn't verify that he actually asked them. But they do expect there were other teams he said it to, apparently. So through his agent, former IU coach Tom Crean, and even his sister on Twitter, They've all said that Oladipo has denied these reports, but Oladipo himself hasn't came out and actually denied them himself. He's had others do the bidding for him. So um, days later, Shams had came out and reported that Oladipo does not want to trade and that he is committed to the Pacers, wants to win a championship in the sta- for the state of Indiana. <sighs> what do you guys think? He's a smart guy, so he knows he doesn't have any trade value right now. So I think that last statement was him covering his ass and saying, "This year I'm all in," you know, because I'm not. I got to prove to another team that I'm going to get a lot of money. That's what I think the realization he's come to. I still think at the end of the day he wants out. He may have even had private conversations with ownership in Indiana that he wants out. I mean, he's made it known to media he wanted out at points. I mean, the initial point was by Jay Michael, and then Greg Doyle wrote. You know, an article in Indy Star basically confirming it and, you know, giving him hell. Greg Doyle ripping him a new asshole, which I think is needed because <laughs> it's prima donna bullshit for a guy who averaged 14 points in 19 games last year. Like, give me a fucking break, dude. You're not that good. You don't have trade value. Just shut up. We want to trade your sorry ass. We can't because you suck ass. So I'm over this guy. You know, in all reality, we're probably going to have to watch number four suit up in a Pacers uniform this year. I, I put it at 50-50 if I had to guess. But it's going to make me sick. It's going to make me puke in my hand and want to eat it and then puke it up again, watching his lazy ass cry, mope around, and then ask to be on the other team. And, you know, there's a lot of guys in the NBA that we were talking about have that level where they can do that kind of thing. LeBron James. Victor Oladipo isn't even close to in the fucking realm. He's not even in the same fucking gym as those guys. So I don't want to hear this bullshit anymore. I'm tired of this sack of shit. Jay, go ahead. Dude, I, okay, Hawk, you know, I feel the exact same way. Like, I'm just like, get the fuck out. I mean, I'm good. I'm fine with it. Like, I think the thing that hurts most is, like, as a Purdue fan, I actually was like, holy shit, I like Victor Oladipo. Yeah, me too. and, And he made me like him because I really thought this was his effing city. And then all I don't okay at the very least let's say he didn't say this bullshit at the very least he's not coming out and saying this is his city now now that the going's hard and get and make no mistake no mistake if Victor Oladipo is not traded to the Indiana Pacers he is not even this isn't even a story because he's he's just an average player he came to Indiana he ignited this fire under us with Sabonis after the trade everyone fell in love with him he hit some big shots. And now he's he thinks he's big time. I mean, so big time apparently he thinks he could go to the Knicks and, and play there, like and make them something. I just I'm in the mode now. Like I've said several times, like I think I don't think we're even close to being a championship team. 
we have to build a culture, and the culture is just dog shit right now. And it sucks because you know it's players around them. And, of course, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, they thought basically – I think the sister or girlfriend, somebody came out and said they basically thought it was like Miles Turner or something. Yeah, that, yeah, was that was a sister. And Turner responded to it. It's just like – so we obviously – those are the two players that probably should be traded the quickest. And I, I like Turner as a human being. But, like, he's just not really doing much for us. Oladipo, he can kick rocks. He needs to just get the hell out. And, like, he has no value right now. Like, we can – I don't know who would even be interested. I was trying to do trades for, like, an hour today, and I'm like, why would this team want him? Why would this team want him? Why? How would this team even use him? Like, he's more valuable to us, unfortunately, than to any other team. And so I think if we do trade him, we're going to come off thinking we didn't get much for him. And uh, I know Chris has some some trades I think we're going to talk about, and I do every single damn one of them because I don't think he's worth a shit, and I'm tired <laughs> of seeing it. And I would rather tank than have that sorry ass uh, Indiana Hoosier crybaby and all his little fanboys that come into our Twitter like you guys don't know Vic like I do. Like, okay, tell us tell us what's so great about this fuck because he's not bringing us a championship. That's for damn sure. Kick rocks, get your ass out. Give me Carson Edwards. We'll build around him. Preach. <laughs> so let's just say he comes out this season and he averages 30 points a game, makes several games winner, several game winners, and, and takes the Pacers to the Eastern Conference Finals. Would you embrace him again, or are you going to keep this attitude? I would fucking worship him if he did that. I would break <laughs> out that Oladipo jersey out of my closet like you've never seen, dude. I would have that bitch on. If we start off like 6-0, and he's averaging 30 points a game. I'm all back in, but that's that's not going to happen. That's a different world. That's not this reality. Yeah, that's alternative universe. And I'll be honest with you, if that happened, if he averaged 30 points and he got us to an Easter Comets final, I would I would get a tattoo, Hawk. I would I would go right. <laughs> yes. In. And I think I think this is way less likely than the Edmonds Edmonds Sumner bullshit. But if Oladipo averages 30 and he gets us to an Easter Conference Finals, I'll get a tattoo right on my right shoulder. What's it going to say? Um, I don't I don't know. I don't want to commit to anything over the top yet. It's Maybe just got to be like a, a still photo a still photo of Goga Batadze. That's it. <laughs> oh, no. I can't do that. I mean, at least Oladipo, you've heard of him. Goga Badazzi or whatever. He's he's going to be out of the league in like two years anyway. Like no one's even going to remember that fuck. Everyone's just going to remember him because they thought he was going to be so great. Remember when Pacers Twitter fell in love with him? And then it was like, oh shit, he can't even fucking dunk and he's 7'2". <laughs> I, love the, I love the pessimism on this podcast. I love the calling out of players because there's going to be some angry people who listen to this and they're like, these guys are terrible fans. Like... <laughs> After listening Listen, to you, we've gotten to a point. I've been quarantined for fucking eight months. That I had to watch, you know, TJ Warren blast off for fifty points, and then we not lose a fucking game in the playoffs for what the third time out of four years. I mean, something's got to be done. Something's got to be changed. It's not Oladipo. So, if your sorry ass is listening to this crying, you're Oladipo. You're the you're the same piece of shit in my mind. So fuck you. <laughs> Sack up. Let's trade his ass. Get on board with us right fucking now. I feel like I'm on a podcast right now with like Dan Dockich's like, like just people that religiously follow him, and that's what you. This is what happens when you have to record six times because we keep (laughs) losing the file. We just get more angry every time. And and let me just note this: 
I guarantee you we watch more Pacer basketball than anybody that complains about it. Absolutely. No doubt in my mind. I missed maybe two games last year. And and that's so not even me bragging. They can get bent because if you if you are truly like all Victor Oladipo at this point, you're a fanboy. Like, you're a fanboy because he hasn't been shit and he hasn't been a great player for two and a half years. And I realize it's injuries and I'd love to back him. I'm just asking that he backs us just a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit. Just basically say like bit. I like just say like even if you're like I like the Starbucks near the arena, just say like something about the state of Indiana, dude. I don't give a shit at this point. Just say anything. Say something positive, you piece of shit. I agree. Speaking of players uh, on the Pacers this season, we talked about this a little last time, but it's official now. TJ McConnell is going to be retained by the Pacers for next season and they opted to not buy out his contract. McConnell is going to be paid $3.5 million for the upcoming season. I think we're all in agreement that we wanted this to happen, right? Oh, absolutely. We went in last season not really knowing what to expect, knowing he was a veteran guy. We had some injuries, and he came in, and I mean, he performed better than any third-string point guard you're ever going to see. So I think any NBA team in the league would be happy to have T.J. McConnell for $3.5 million. So this was a no-brainer in my move. I said it from the beginning. I think uh, early in the offseason, on the offseason episode, I, I think I said that I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't pick it up and maybe try to get it down just a little bit just for some cost-efficient reasons, maybe for potential free agents. I'm personally very happy they picked it up. Like you guys, I think he's obviously super serviceable. And at the end of the day, like, like what was I thinking? Like, he's he's a he's a white guy that plays hard. Of course, the Pacers are going to re-up that contract. Like, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. They probably tried to. They probably would have, you know, picked it up at six or seven million just because he's such a fan favorite. So, agreed. He's got a hot wife. Yeah. Just to throw Richard, this Richard knows what he's doing. Yeah, he does. Uh, here's a tweet that I just saw was from a guy who is at Barstool. His name's Dan Greenberg. You guys heard of him? Yep. He says, listen, if Ainge wants to use Atlanta as leverage to maybe trade for Sabonis instead of Turner, I won't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good one. He really Sabonis thinks... isn't going anywhere. Gets you another foreigner. <laughs> Thought that was like, funny. Like... Can I be honest? I would take, I would take, I would trade Sabonis. It would take so much more than than Hayward. They'd have to throw in picks, tuggies, all kinds of shit. Agreed. I'm talking like Jalen Brown. Whoa. Yeah, I went there. All right. Anyways, NBA draft Wednesday night. Pacers don't have a first round pick. They just gave it to Milwaukee for shits and giggles for the Malcolm Brogdon deal. Uh, but they currently hold the 54th pick in the draft. Um, uh, number one, will you stay up for the pick? And number two, who do you think the pick's going to be? Just put your money on it right now. Who the Pacers picking? Dude, I couldn't even like begin. I know maybe seven guys in the draft right now at the top of my head. So I'd really have to dive in deep. If position wise, I think maybe if if you're looking, it depends on what you're trying to move or whatever. But you know, I think a, a shooter is always what you need, and I think you can get a guy that can at least shoot in the second round, hopefully. So I got a guy. That's what I would target, and I'm definitely going to stay up for that pick because I got nothing better to do with my life. <laughs> I have two guys I want. Okay, number one, I will stay up because I'm a piece of shit that has nothing better to do. I want Jordan Norwa. 
Okay, Louisville. He he. I watched him play at Louisville. I mentioned him uh, last podcast. Um, he can really shoot, um, and I think his game could translate. He's 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 kind of a lo- uh, longer kid. He's like six seven, maybe six six. But I really think he could be a rotational player, and that's all you got. That's all you can hope for. Fifty four overall. Another guy I kind of like, and I'm not gonna lie to you. I can't find anything on this guy. I don't know if he can shoot. I have no clue what he is. But his name is Jay Scrub. If you can get a guy named Scrub in the second round, like, come on. Would you not want that jersey shirt? That's a Disney movie script waiting to unfold right there. <laughs> Imagine if he takes jersey number 69 with the last name Scrub. <laughs> Would you not buy that jersey shirt 100%? Is there any 69s in the NBA? I don't think there is. Well, they're miss- I mean, they're missing out. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, NBADraft.net has Cassius Winston as the pick there at uh, 54 for the Pacers. Uh, that seems like a guy that's going to go a little higher just because, you know, he had that full year, four-year career. I think a team would, would take him earlier in the second round. I think it would be worth it. But if he's there, I mean, that's a guy I at least know and, you know, respect his game a little bit. A little slow for the NBA probably, but you just never know. Hey, Chris, are you on NBADraft.net right this very second? Yeah. Where, by chance, do they have uh, Theo Malden going? He was a guy I liked, but I think he was kind of falling. Theo Malden, he's a point guard from France. Mm-hmm. Is he supposed to be a first or second round pick? He's probably going to be probably mid-first. I think he's actually better than that. 22. Kind of, like a Dennis Schroeder type guy. 22 to the Denver Nuggets. Oh, yeah. See, I, that's that's the type of guy I'd be interested in trading up for. He's got a good jump shot, very good defender. He's got a lot of length. He kind of reminds me of like a Dennis Schroeder or a, maybe a Rajon Rondo, but he can shoot a little better. He'd be a guy I'd be interested in. But he's a point guard, and we already got like seven of them, so whatever. Here you go. Trivia time. Name uh, as many Pacers second-round draft picks from the last decade that you can off the top of your head. Edmund Sumner. There's one. There's one. But I uh, yeah, they traded they traded for him, so yeah, I'll still count it. Say that again. Alize. Yes. Uh EK Anavogu. Correct. Georges Niang. Yes. Bruno Sundolf. Maybe in like thirty years ago. Yep. He I trust me, he's a second round pick. There was some uh uh, something Snorlax or something. <laughs> One of these you guys should get. It was in 2010. 2010? Lance Stevenson. There you go. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, what the hell? Uh, there was this kid. Oh, Borak. Stenko Borak. No. Mm, that's a good name. <laughs> no, he was from like 06 or something like that. Yes, I just remember all those pieces of shit. You always, listen, this is the thing. You always talk yourself into the second round picks being better than they are. Oh. Alize Johnson. EK, dude, we tried to get EK on the podcast for a year and he just like <laughs> he just big timed us for a year. And every I think every NBA fan base does that. Like cuz you just you just assume the guy with the high upside they're all going in round 1. But you think you're getting a solid basketball, like a real basketball player in the second round and it rarely ever works, but we always talk ourselves into it. Yeah, it's going to be the Mad Ants' new star player, so that's worth exactly. exciting for. Uh, last year, they took Jarrell Brantley at pick 50. They traded him immediately to the Jazz. Uh, one you guys missed that you might have should have gotten was Joe Young in 2015. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
Louis Labiere in 2014 from France. Uh, Colton Iverson. They picked him in 2013. Oh, Ben Hansborough. Do we we see a free agent pickup? Yeah, Ben Hansborough was a free agent pickup. Uh, I believe in like 2012 when they got him, but he was undrafted for sure. I believe there's no way someone would have picked up his sorry ass. <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, also 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 they took uh, uh, Bertans from uh, the Wizards. They took him in 2011. Oh, I forgot we took Bertans. And he was. I'd love to have Bertans. Back he was packaged. He was packaged with Kawhi in the George Hill trade. Oh, thank God, yeah. So, yeah, we got rid of Bertans and Kawhi for George Hill. It's, hell, yeah. <laughs> hell, yeah. Sign my ass up. No, the worst part about all this is I know I'm sta- – I mean, if you're a Pacers fan and you're listening to this, you're like, I know I know I'm staying up, and I'm 110% sure that we're fucking trading this for either a future second-round pick to, like, 2027, or we're just selling this pick for, like, $200,000 to, like – or. Or we're taking the tallest white guy. Like that's that's just gonna happen. <laughs> the, the the tallest white guy or the like sixteen year old from like co- the Congo Republic or some shit that we're never gonna see. Yeah, they can't even get a visa. So. Yeah, it's somebody they just rolled the basketball out there. The first kid that picked it up, we drafted just for yep. some sheer upside. Well, and then this year with all the COVID stuff, they were allowed to have ten people in the building to do pre-draft workouts at one time, I believe, or something like that. The Pacers yeah. chose not to do that. So, I mean, this might be the year where they get a diamond in the rough. They just, you know, they didn't actually see people working out, so they might just get lucky. And this might be the, you know, if they find somebody in the second round, they might just do this going forward as, hey, let's not evaluate the talent in person. Let's just pick, you know, some random guy and, and hope he's the next Giannis. I, I think that let's might be. the mocks. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Yeah. You know what? I think what they're saying is, and they're kind of saying, F it, we don't need individual workouts. We we should just tell people that we were we were one of the players that they decided not to bring in. Like, I didn't go in for a workout. Did you, Hawk? No, I, I totally ignored my call from Pritchard because I, I think I'm going in the first round. <laughs> exactly. Like, LaMelo Ball, he didn't go either. So, like, we yeah. actually have a chance getting picked, I think. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect. With many teams strutting their stuff, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantages of all great sign-up bonuses. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Support for Born Ready to Pod comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. This revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. 
The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Ah, uh, and yes, your balls stink. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I am thankful for the Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keep your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. Tis the season to manscape, so get yourself your dad, your brother, and friends, the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. All right, so now we're going to go into some trades that we have put together, inspired by some of the trades that uh, we've seen online um, or just threw together in the trade machine today. So do you guys want me to kick it off with my trades that I came up with, or do you want to start? You know what? Go ahead, Chris. I feel like you've been chopping at the bit for this for a while. Yeah, yeah, I have. So, uh, all right, I got four trades here. First one here, you guys have seen these already, so... I wanted to show them to you first so you could, you know, um, think of your analysis ahead of time. Uh, sounds like you you guys liked each of them, but we'll talk about them here real quick. Uh, my first trade involves the Pacers and the Boston Celtics. The Pacers would receive Gordon Hayward, Carson Edwards, and pick number 14 in the NBA draft this year. They would send out Miles Turner, Doug McDermott and TJ Leaf as a little, you know, cap filler there. So, uh, what are your thoughts on that deal? It just depends on how they evaluate their needs, I guess, because, you know, Miles Turner is the big player. They're obviously getting back. And, you know, who knows with Doug McDermott? He'll probably shoot well at, at, on the road, but be terrible in the Boston Garden. So, I don't think they would do it personally. But for me, hell yeah, you get a top 15 pick. And you get Gordon Hayward, who, and have, albeit I don't think is as good as he once was after the injury, but at the same time, he got lost in Boston amongst those wings at times, had a little more pressure than I think he needed to. So maybe a change of pace and, and we get gold, old Haywood back, that would be nice. And, and I think that trade for the Pacers would be the dream scenario, the one you just laid out. Yeah, and I actually think, you know, there's not a lot of teams that Miles Turner fits with. And I, I would do that in a heartbeat if I if I'm the Pacers. Um, I you, you know you're giving up McDermott, you're giving up Leaf. I mean that right there is enough to do fucking backflips. Um, but I, I think you know bringing in Hayward, you're giving him a second life. I'd rather have a a wing who is less dependable than a center that's less dependable on the boards. It's not a shot of Miles Turner. I, I I'm glad he he's been a Pacer, but it's time to move on. Pick 14 is, is the sweetener on top. You know, Carson Edwards is a guy that can just play off the bench, and you're going to get some scoring and high, uh, you know, up-tempo offensive attack. Um, so, 
yeah, I, I do this in a heartbeat. Pick fifteen, you probably uh, you probably trade back and or just take whatever white guys available, and that way you can offset. You get a white guy back in the deal. You move two white guys in the trade, so you take a white guy in the draft, and and we create that equilibrium that we we know that uh, Kevin Pritchard needs in Indiana. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I feel like in a lot of these trades with the picks, I mean, this draft isn't very deep, um, and there's a lot of unknown with it. So I feel like first-round draft picks are a lot easier to come by in this year's draft compared to other ones. So, All right, next one up here I had a three-team deal between the Pacers, the Houston Rockets, the Orlando Magic. The Pacers in this scenario receive Evan Fournier from the Magic and pick number 15 in the draft. The Rockets receive Aaron Gordon from the Magic, Miles Turner from the Pacers, and pick number 45, so a second-round pick from the Magic. And the Magic take in Russell Westbrook and the Pacers' second-round pick in this year's draft. Thoughts? So we get Evan Fournier, pick 15, and we lose Miles Turner. Is that basically it? And a shitty second-round pick. Okay, so... Yes. I mean, Evan Fournier had his best year of his career last year. He's 28, still in his prime. I think he's a good guard. He'd probably start, depending on what happens with Oladipo, maybe. So, you know, that for me is intriguing. And then that top 15 pick, like you said, it's it's hit or miss. No one really knows. They didn't work anybody out. So that's what makes me think this deal won't go down because they didn't even attempt to work out some mid-round guys. They just, you know, said, screw it, we don't need to do any work, which I respect a little bit, in, in all honesty. But I think this is B, I think the trade you laid out before is A, and I would do them both. I'd do them both, too. Um, I do think, uh, I think Hayward has more upside than Fournier, obviously. And uh, in the other deal, we got we got to get rid of TJ Leaf, too, so that's huge. <laughs> But honestly, I think what it comes down to is I actually I actually think the other two teams would probably do that deal. I think, you know, you're trading Westbrook. You give him Turner. He's athletic. He, he probably would fit closer to what Houston's looking for. Because even though Houston's going to look to revamp that offense and that roster, they obviously need a center. And, and Turner's a up-tempo center anyway. He's nothing that's going to sit in the paint and just clog it up. So I actually think the other two teams would probably be willing to do this. I think the team... Less likely to do this would be the Pacers, but I would personally do it um, because I just think we need we need to change up the roster a little bit and uh, and yeah I would do it. I think Hawks right though. This is number two on my list of trades so far. So the uh, the Boston trade number one, Magic trade number two. And just a PSA: none of these trades are going to happen. These are just fun trades we're talking about. So don't get your panties all up in a bunch saying we're trading away your favorite player or bringing in a player you don't like. Get over it. All right, next up. Pacers and the Atlanta Hawks. Pacers will receive DeAndre Hunter, Dwayne Dedman, and pick number six in the draft. Sent to Atlanta, Victor Oladipo, pick number 54, and a future first-round draft pick. So we're giving up Oladipo and a future first-round pick and our second-round pick this year, is that what you said? Yes. We get a top-six pick and a top-four pick from last year? I mean, yes. Um, that might move into my A of what you just said. We don't get rid of TJ Leaf, so I still think it's probably B. But, yes, talk about young talent and, you know, a guy like White Nate 
kind of getting a soft reset a little bit with still a lot of pieces there, but a lot of pieces to move with going forward as well. I think that's kind of the dream scenario if, if that something like that could happen. And you're taking on – you would take on uh, Deadman's contract. I believe he's got like two more years at like 12 or 13 mil, so it's not a deal. But in order to get, you know, young talent and a and a high pick, I, I mean, it's I think it's worth it to take on that bad contract. And you have to do it in order to make the salaries work in this scenario. Yep, I love it. Got Yeah, so I, I completely love it. I couldn't love it anymore if I wanted to. Um, I would do that trade. That's my number one trade that Cook came up with. I, Hunter's got a lot of upside. I mean, he's he's got upside in a uh, in a valuable starter role more so than a guy that's going to put you over the top and be one of your top couple of options. Uh, that number six pick, though, there are some players I'd be super duper interested in for the Pacers. Uh, I'm not going to list them all, obviously, but um, I'm really, but I'd, I'd be all in to try to get that Denny. Uh, Abdijiva, maybe uh, the tall white guy that makes some plays Abdijah. from Israel. That's that would be who I'd be going for at that at that six pick. Um, maybe a guy like Obi Toppin if he fell, but um, I don't know. And then uh, Cook, I know we weren't we did, we weren't going to mention this specifically, but if we did that trade, I mean, what if we what if we did like uh, Turner and pick six for pick two and some and some fillers to get up there that second pick in the draft and maybe take a guy like James Wiseman. Or Anthony Edwards or something like that. Are we are we playing with fire there? I mean, that doesn't sound like a bad idea to me. It just depends on <laughs> on how big of a difference you see pick two and pick six. So, I mean, if, yeah, I mean, I think that being able to get one of Anthony Edwards or James Wiseman to a lesser extent, Lamelo Ball, I think that would be that would be pretty enticing for the Pacers. Yeah, I don't. I'm not as high on Wiseman. I know he's obviously a good defender, and but he just seems kind of like Bagley, you know, Collie Stein, like all these guys that have come out lately that have been similar to him that just kind of fell by the wayside. In my eyes. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I didn't get to see him a lot last year. I definitely watched some of those Memphis games, but he had some injuries, so I don't know. I'm not as high as on Wiseman, but Anthony Edwards, I think, would would be would be great. Yeah, I, th- I think I'd take either one of them. I do think the difference in Wiseman, though, is he, he can really shoot it. Where, where I mean, he can actually shoot the basketball, whereas I think Bagley was more of a slasher. Um, and who's the other one you mentioned? That you Carly mentioned Stein. The, he might yeah, have he, the draft, but. yeah, Collie Stein's a better defender, obviously. But I know this is all hypothetical. But, yeah, I think uh, Anthony Edwards would 100% be the guy he'd build around as a wing player that can both defend, shoot the basketball, and can really play. But I know that's neither here nor there, but Cook, that's my favorite trade by far. See Oladipo, don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way I mean, out. even in that deal, you could you could change, and I still feel like I would do it, you could replace Hunter with Cam Reddish, and I, I would still do that deal in that scenario as well. I'd still do it, but I think Hunter's the better player just because well, yeah. he's a significant better defender. But, yeah, I mean, Reddish is still young and can score, so sign me up yeah. for that as well. The only reason I might take Radish is because I think in terms of just sheer raw potential, he's got more potential uh, to be an offensive weapon. And I think at pick six, you're looking at probably one of those power forwards like Obi Toppin um, or maybe the kid from USC. So um, that would be the only reason I would say I'd take I'd take either one and I, I'd be laughing my way all the way to the bank. And I actually think it would make the, the Hawks a lot better. If you're the Hawks, would you rather have Gordon Hayward or Victor Oladipo? Because it seems like they're trying to get guard play. That's tough. I mean, they're both not great options, but probably Oladipo. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. But, I mean, it sounds like the, the Hawks are the team that's that's wanting to tango more than any other team in the league. So, All right, here's my last trade here uh, with the Sacramento Kings and the Pacers. Pacers in this scenario receive Buddy Heald, uh, Nemanja, I never know how to say his first name, Belitza, pick number 15 in the draft. Uh, in return, the Pacers would send over Victor Oladipo, Doug McDermott, TJ Leaf, and a second-round pick. So Pacers receive Belizia and who? Buddy Heald and a first-round pick, uh, pick 15. Sign me up. I mean, Victor Oladipo and Buddy Heald are basically the same player. Buddy Heald's a better shooter at this point in his career, so I think that's an upgrade. And you get a you know, top 15 pick like we've been salivating, like we've been wanting. I mean, yeah, sign me up. I got a tent. I got a tent in my pants right now, thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, sign me up at this point. Like, I just just give me anything. Like, uh, Vic Vic's got to go. He got to go. Um, and give me. I I think I just want to have a pick in the first round. Honestly, give me another guy that can shoot like Buddy Heald, and we'll figure it out. Like, yeah, I. This is probably. This is probably just in front of that Orlando trade for me. So I think I'd have my number one deal would be Hawks. Number two would be Boston. Number three would be the Kings. And number four would be the Magic. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, and here's a little news here. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski has reported to anticipate a lot of action on the trade front tomorrow night uh, during the NBA draft, so Wednesday night. Yeah. I think you're going to see more veteran players traded up into the lottery for teams that want to get lottery picks. Like I said, it's it's a good year to do it because, uh, in my eyes, first-round picks aren't as valuable this year. Uh, you got uh, a lot of uncertainty, and then uh, people have been saying this is a weak draft class. So I think if you're going to move up in the draft, try to take a chance on a guy, this is the year to do it for the cheapest. Yeah, it's that, it's that cheap, cheap. And you know the Pacers are always willing to spend money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think tomorrow's the night that the NBA has been hoping for because they didn't really get, you know, a lot of the offseason attention like they normally do with the the NFL. So I think tomorrow's a Wednesday night, no NFL to go. I think tomorrow's their big night, and hopefully we see some crazy trades happen. All right, and I know, Hawk, you got some trades as well that you have put together uh, today, working hard on the trade machine, so go ahead. The floor is yours. Going back to our boys in Orlando, I think this trade, Victor Oladipo, we've we've been very apparent on this show that we would like to see him move on, you know, get him, get him the fuck out of Indianapolis, so to speak. For this one, I like Terrence Ross and Jonathan Isaac. You get a guy that's comparable to Victor Oladipo and a young guy, and Orlando gets Oladipo in return to go along with their big center and, you know, maybe a third-year Markel Fultz that might be worth a shit. Who knows? That's something I could look at with Steve Clifford maybe thinking about considering it, depending on how long they've – they've always been tied to Ross. Ross has always been tied to being traded to Indiana. So that's one of those deals that in hindsight we might be like – or at, at the moment it happens, people will complain, say we, we got screwed maybe. But at the same time, we know he doesn't have that value. And Isaac, to me, makes it interesting just because I think he got significantly better last year. 
Yeah, there's. I mean, I like that deal. Um, only reason why I'm skeptical is because uh, I mean, Jonathan Isaac is a good young player. He's got a lot of um, potential. Uh, the only issue is the injury concerns. I believe he had uh, an ACL tear, not last year, but the year before. Um, and then I think he tore it again or whatever it was. He major injuries two years in a row. So um, he's probably going to miss this upcoming season. And long term, who knows what the impact on the injury is. But uh, um, definitely the potentials there with him. And with Terrence Ross, I mean, you're getting a guy who always just whoops the Pacers' ass every time. Oh, yeah. So might as well just if you can't beat him, join him, bring him on the squad, um, and let you know Oladipo go to Orlando where he previously was and didn't really have any success, and he can go play with y'all down there. Is kind of completely agree. I think uh, the only the only uh, the only issue I see with this is I think this would prompt another deal. You have to you would have to trade. Uh, Miles Turner in another deal because you want Isaac to be able to play that stretch four, and uh, that would prompt obviously you'd want some bonus to play the five. So you, you'd have to move Miles Turner, which I'm completely fine with. Um, maybe maybe trade him for picks. Uh, yeah, but you wouldn't have to move him this year because of the injury. So I think just let yeah, him sit no, and then kind of seeing how that all plays out. That that's fair. I just think right now I have a feeling that this might be Turner's. You know, his, his highest value was a couple of years ago, so I'm not being stupid, but I think his value this year is going to be much higher than it would be, say, next year. Um, mm-hmm. That's just me. So I think maybe maybe making a move, you got a new coach trying to implement a new system. I know, obviously, it, Isaac has, uh, has a massive injury right now, but I just think I, I would probably clear that out. Maybe rebuild, and then you'd maybe have a higher pick next year to, to go to work with Isaac and and uh, Sabonis, and and you really got some players there, really. All right, what about this one? Gary Harris for Victor Oladipo, straight up. Because you'd think with potential-wise, I mean, Denver would be getting the better traits. They might think about doing it. But like I said, I think Oladipo sucks, so I think we would in turn be getting the better player, and I think they're very comparable at this point. What do you think? Um, So... Yeah, I think we tend to, you know, as we said earlier, we overvalue him probably, um, and a lot of other teams, like the trade value, trade market just isn't there for him, so this is a realistic deal. Um, Gary Harris, I mean, from Indiana, so you're bringing an Indiana boy back, obviously it's going to, you know, dominate the headlines there, but uh, I would probably do it, I mean... I wouldn't be proud of it. It wouldn't be my favorite deal, but uh, it's it's nothing to scoff about, uh, especially if Oladipo never gets to the player that he used to be. Um, Gary Harris, is he's no superstar by any means, but like he said, he's got potential, and I think he's going to be you know a long-time starter in this league. Is he going to win you a championship? Absolutely not. Um, but... I mean, if if you got to make a deal and get Oladipo out of Indiana, this this isn't a bad one to go to. And I mean, in my opinion, I'd probably want more. But if I had to settle for this and had to get him out of Indiana, I'd I'd probably do this deal. Throw me yeah, picks, I even throw. throwing in a first too, maybe to make it work because their first isn't going to be good this year. So yeah. maybe that's a kicker that would do it. But go ahead, Jake. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'd throw me in that pick twenty two. Um, I, I would be all in. Give me pick twenty-two. We take a guy maybe like Desmond Bain, the uh, the shooting guard out of out of TCU. 
we got another shooter uh, to go along in that second unit, and I'd do it in a second. So if I if you would throw me in pick twenty two, which sounds like pretty much uh, all you'd have to do is is throw in maybe a twenty dollar bill in a in a gift certificate to say Nomas for the next time they're in town, and it sounds like you get a first round pick pretty easily. So pick twenty two, Gary Harris for Victor Oladipo. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. All right, this is my last one. This is the Jared piss off Jared new trade of the night that he Uh-oh. didn't hate. Nope. So I constructed this trade to try to piss off Jared, and somehow he didn't. He told me it wasn't bad. So here we go: Larry Nance and Dante Exum for Miles Turner, <laughs> just to get Turner the fuck out. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, yeah, I don't like this deal. Uh... I didn't like it, but I wanted you to send it to him, and he said he liked it. Even after the deals that I did, uh, he thought Larry Nance was a good comp for Turner's value. Um, And, you know, in my trades, we were getting far better players back than Larry Nance. So I'm I'm just confused by this guy, Um, and and he knows that. I mean, we make fun of him all the time in in the – not the Discord chat, but whatever the, the chat's called. I mean you you pass up you know Gordon Hayward and you know Evan Fournier but but you love Larry Nance it, and Dante Exum who's played like two games since he was drafted in in 2014 i mean makes no sense to me i don't like this deal uh but i like the basis behind it and why you did this deal yeah yeah this just been on one lately and i love i love mixing it up with Jared yeah, this deal sucks. Uh, I this is the first deal I wouldn't do. I mean, this is this is the bad. This is, that's that's terrible. I really tried to work in. Okay, so I didn't do the deals. I I sent you guys like a couple where I had like twenty seven players involved. Um, so we can't go through that. But I was really trying to get Miles Turner to um, Dallas because I know that's where he's from. Couldn't really get much going there either. Uh, they'd have to give up picks. I don't think they'd be interested in that. There's, you know, there's just not a lot of teams that are looking for centers, which is exactly why I probably wouldn't draft one in the draft. Um, I know I said I'd be interested in Wiseman, but like, how many teams are like, let me go get a center? Remember when everyone was like, Drummond was this stud. And now like everyone's making fun of the Cavs because they have to pay him twenty eight million, and there's no way they're going to trade him. Like, why would you take an albatross? It's just going to sit in the middle of the court and clog everything up. Like it just doesn't work. So I think I think the harsh reality is, like I've been preaching for the last year and a half, the league is built on guards and forwards. And we built our team on fucking two centers that's taking up like thirty five fucking percent of our salary cap. And that's the way the Indian Patriots decide to go. So off with the head, we're just pretty much up shit creek without a paddle. All right, well, let's finish this show out. I know you guys have some things you want to talk about, so the floor is yours. Go for it. Have fun. Um, and be respectful of each other. <laughs> All I'm, I just want to say that, you know, the Colts are in first place, and, you know, this is a, the middle of the season. The Colts haven't been first place in the division like this for a while, so it's worth getting excited about. And I just wanted to hear what Jake's thoughts were. I mean, the Colts lost the head to the head of the Browns. There's no denying that. I can't. I can't bring that back. I can't. But I think Philip Rivers has played well enough. And obviously, we're going to beat the Packers because we always beat the Packers. So I'm, I'm counting that up as at least a ten point victory. So seven to three is going to look nice. Um, I'm actually. I've been impressed 
happened to watch the Colts. I didn't. I didn't really. Um, I'm not really fond of the way they used Jonathan Taylor. Uh, if no. you're going to take a guy in the second round of running back, like he's got to be your stud. Like he's got to be like a Nick Chubb. Like I mean, he really does. And um, I just think the Colts are just kind of mismanaging him. But when you're winning, who gives a shit if you're mismanaging? Like at the end of the day, you, you got to win the games, and, and the Colts are winning the games. And um, lucky for them, I mean, they get to play in the AFC South, which is just an atrocious, atrocious division. Which it's fine. I mean, they. they uh, the one thing I will say for the Colts is that they knew that they just had to get a competent quarterback. Um, and by competent, I mean like a top twenty-five quarterback in the league. And they could win the division because they they built their team on their defense. And I said DeForest Buckner's study is a stud. That defense is so good. It's fun to watch them. Uh, they have some weapons offensively. I think Pittman's a guy that's that's really impressed me, and he's farther along than I ever thought he could be. And I really like Zach Pascal too. Um, and so I'll give the Colts their due credit. I mean, they're definitely a team that's probably going to make the playoffs. They, they, they could easily win that division. In fact, nothing would make me happier than if the Colts – I either want the Colts or the Titans to just run away with this division and just beat the shit out of everybody because that would just take one less team out um, for the Browns to, to get a wild card spot because the Browns are going to have to get a wild card because they're not going to beat the they're not going to beat Pittsburgh and um, that's just how I feel about it. So I, I think there's a lot of credit to be given out to the uh, the Colts. Oh no, he froze. He froze. <laughs> that's. That's that unfortunate. Sounds like the show. <laughs> sounds like the show. Uh, let's see if we is he is he still on here? You think he's just playing with it? You think he's doing this as a joke? <laughs> <laughs> yep he he definitely is froze. Um, he is so froze. Like you can't get more froze. Than <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's there's no coming back from that. And I had one more point I wanted to say uh, before we wrapped up the show. Oh yeah, the last thing I, I guess I can talk with you about real quick here. I don't really care about his opinion. Oh, Browns, Browns talk. Sorry. Like <laughs> oh, he's back. He's back. He's back. What's wrong? Do I? I don't get to talk Browns. You just froze for like a good minute at least. Yeah, I was giving the Colts some props. I'm hoping they heard me. Maybe half no. of it. You might as well just re-say it all. No, I'm not going to. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, Colts, yeah, they've done, they've done their part um, mismanaging a couple of players. Who gives a shit? Um, but we do need to talk about the Cleveland Browns because um, they are a force to be reckoned with. I was at the game uh, this weekend, and 50-mile-per-hour wins. Uh, you know, the Browns actually are an NFL team uh, that has to actually play in weather. They don't they don't get one of those pussy domes. So it is interesting to, uh, to actually go to real football games and uh, watch real football teams play. Uh, we threw the ball way too much. I think we threw the ball like 12 times. Way too much for us. Uh, <laughs> keep giving the ball to Chubb and uh, Hunt and uh, let it roll, baby. Anything, yeah, Hawk, anything to say about it? You know, uh, the Browns, they're obviously a surprise team this year just because they're historically the Browns. But, I mean, you have two running backs and a guy that can't throw. I well, mean, you're going to be – Third place in the division? I mean, congratulations. No, 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 no. We're, we're actually in second place in the division right now, actually. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, good luck fighting for, for that spot while the Colts ha- have a home playoff game. That'll be nice. Listen, yeah. No, and I'm, I'm completely fine with it. Like I said, our saving grace is we have a, 
uh, other than our division, we, we get to play the AFC South, which we're going to win all four of those games because they're all dog shit. And then, uh, you know, we got some other – we get, we also get to play, I think, we're pretty much playing the NFC East, too. So are you shitting me? We get to play the AFC South, the NFC East. Um, we're one year away. We're one more offseason away from, from shoring up that defense. And, I mean, Super Bowl or bust next year. But we just need to make the playoffs this year, get our ass kicked. We're going to get our asses stomped in the playoffs. Like, you, you just – like, it's going to be terrible. But I mean, the Colts and Browns could realistically play in the playoffs. Let's hope. <laughs> I don't want to hope that. I've already seen that happen. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine how tense that'll be? Whoever loses is just like jumping off a fucking building. Yeah, no joke. Before I wrap this show up, I want to ask, uh, have you gotten the new Twitter update? And What do you think about Twitter copying all the other social media platforms and adding stories on here? Um, I mean, there's all these tweets and then an up top. I mean, even on the Born Radio pod page, we follow a lot of people, so there's a lot of stories up here, and I'm just like, what is going on? This is just completely useless. Yeah, you know, I think they'll have they'll come out with a setting to, like, mute that or hide that from your top screen, I'm hoping, because, you know, that was never what Twitter was intended to be. But at the same time, a lot of people are bitching about a social media app that seems to piss everyone off, so it's just kind of par for the course. I mean, you can't you can't please anyone at all and Twitter making the slightest change where they added, you know, motion pictures for 10 seconds freaked everyone out. Everyone had a complete meltdown. So I'd love to just see it and sit back and I don't give a shit because I'm not on Twitter near as much as I used to be. So this affects me very, very little. But at the same time, you know, if it's not broke, why fix it? I think the thing I hate most about Twitter right now is they are doing the thing you know where it says like when somebody tweets something and it says like the little disclaimer where it's like this this is being disputed by reputable facts or some shit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Well, now like people are like copying pasting that, so they'll like say something controversial and then they'll like put that underneath it like there's some kind of cool like hipster douchebags and like I'm just like just stop with it, just stop. <laughs> It's freaking social media. You should be able to say whatever you want as long as it's not like super derogatory or like putting people down super hardcore. Like what like why they're just doing way too much. I mean, it's almost like Facebook. Like they're just doing too much. Just give me my freaking characters. Give me I don't even know. Is it it's not even 180 characters anymore. Is it? it's like 240? 240. Like just give me less. Give me 90 freaking characters. Just let me say something quick. And just dumb it all down. That's all I'm just asking. Just give me an emoji keyboard and just give me maybe 10 people that follow me. That's all I need. I just want to tweet emojis at them. Exactly. That's all we need in this world. So, like, just dumb it down. Everything is getting so complicated in life. Like, let's just dumb it down, baby. Let's just yeah, all I take saw, a second. I saw it was it. funny. People had been tweeting out, like, uh, Microsoft Excel did an update where you sh- now sure oh, you can update that. to your story. I thought that was pretty funny, but that was funny. All right, that's gonna wrap up the show. We might be uh, back again this week, depending on what the Pacers do. Free agency is uh, Friday. Obviously, the draft is Wednesday night. Um, so a lot of things could be moving and shaking over the next couple of days. If any big Pacers news comes out, we will likely be recording it uh, right away. Um, if not, we'll probably do a show next week. So appreciate you guys listening and we will be back soon. Have a good rest of your week.